Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. The state of Israel was almost extinguished at birth when invaded by all of its neighbors, Arab countries, with only its western boundary, the Mediterranean, free from this threat. As it established itself as a strong local power, Israel still feared having to fight on several fronts, splitting its precious assets. Indeed, this is what caused the 1973 Yom Kippur War, which started with a simultaneous offensive by both Egypt and Syria, to be so dangerous and difficult for it to wage. Peace with Egypt and Jordan made a repeat of this scenario moot, but now looms again the specter of a multi-front war in which Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas and other armed groups will attack from several directions. Indeed, to help the IDF prepare for this contingency, it recently held a challenging drill exercise, firm hand. So is Israel ready to meet this threat? Joining us to analyze this question all the way from northern Israel is Major General in Reserve Gilshon Cohen, who is an IDF Army Corps commander. Thank you for joining us, General. Hi, good to be with you. Great to have you, General. Also joining us all the way from France is uh, Major General in Reserve Yael Golan, who is uh, the former IDF Deputy Chief of General Staff. Thank you for joining us as well, General. Glad to be with you. Indeed, and with us here in the studio is our TV7 editor-at-large and host of Watchmen Talk and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding of this challenge that Israel may face in uh, possibly medium to long-term future. So earlier this week, uh, the West Bank uh, escalated with several uh, attacks and counter-attacks um, by Palestinians and the Israeli Defense Forces the uh, police uh, special forces, and the uh, ISA, or or, uh, Shabak. However, um, the fear now in Israel is that uh, once a single uh, front conflagrates, then the other uh, other fronts uh, could follow, especially if they are orchestrated by Iran. In that regard, um, we are very fortunate to have the two generals uh, as guests uh, because both of them uh, have a lot of experience in all of the uh, fronts um, which could uh, take part in in such a war, except for Iran proper. But Iran proxies, of course, Iran's proxies, of course, have been um, in combat against Israel uh, for several years now. Plus, uh, General Golan has also been the commanding general of the Home Front Command. And obviously, the problem Israel could face is not only on the offense, but on the defense, because its population and Israeli society at large uh, will be um, an important part of the uh, calculation. So um, one uh, angle of attack for our discussion could be the question of whether Israel could preempt on on more than one front. Of course, it has done so in the past when there was a single most important front, for instance, Egypt in 1967, while Israel was on the defense uh, in uh, or vis-a-vis Jordan and Syria. But what happens 
if all of them are now uh, ganging up on Israel. Indeed, and of course with reports about uh, Iran holding separate talks with different organizations and uh, terror groups designated as such by the European nations, uh, the United States and others, uh, for the purpose of orchestrating potentially such a multi-sector war against Israel, it, it bears this question in mind. And uh, while we will try to dissect this question uh, more thoroughly during today's panel, I'd like to ask both of you generals and start with you, General uh, uh, Golan, if I may. Is Israel prepared for a multi-sector war? Preparedness is mainly, and the first thing I would say it's uh, the most important one, is what is the purpose of the war? What are we willing to achieve? Does uh, this future war uh, will be conducted by Israel or started by Israel, started by Israel or by our enemies. Uh, and you know, a war, it's a very negative crisis, uh, but at the same time, it's also an opportunity, an opportunity to change the strategic uh, situation. So we need to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this future war? What could be achieved by uh, simultaneously uh, coping with Hezbollah in Lebanon, militias in uh, Syria, uh, directly with Iran uh, by exchanging missiles and uh, air attacks, and with the Palestinians, uh, both in uh, the Gaza Strip and in Judea and Samaria. This is the main question. What are we willing to achieve? And here I would say the following. Uh, concerning the Hezbollah, we need to hit the Hezbollah as hard as possible, uh, including uh, a land offensive, uh, at least uh, and up to the lines of, uh, you know, the, the Zaharani uh, River, in order to eliminate most of the land forces of Hezbollah and most of its rocket and missiles. So that's concerning the Hezbollah. But there are other problems. What is the main purpose, you know, fighting Iran directly, uh, if it would happen? Uh, what are we willing to achieve concerning the uh, Palestinians? All right, another round with the Palestinians, including the Gaza Strip. Are we willing to uh, conquer the Gaza Strip and uh, establish there, you know, Israel regime uh, for the next, for, for the second or third time? Or we are willing to, to achieve something else? Therefore, I would say that the, the, the discussion is not so much about military capabilities, although are extremely important, uh, but we need to start first and foremost with the national goal of such a war. Indeed, General Cohen. I quite agree with what was just described by Golan, and uh, I can give the knowledge in addition that it is not at all a secret that this exactly was a scenario of the last uh, huge exercise uh, that I participated in the management of it in the last weeks. And uh, it was publicly declared by prime ministers that we are going to face such a threat. What else I can uh, share with you is a huge anxiety, not just about military capabilities, but about the whole circumstances uh, that making the challenge absolutely unique, absolutely different from all 
those historical experiences that Israeli engaged in 67 and 73 that are really considered as simultaneous uh, war against uh, enemies in the north and in the south. But here it is much more than this, and it is a different arena, different story. It means that it is not just a simultaneous war with a simultaneous fronts. It is coming to be a reg regional war. It means that the fact that all forces are guided by Iran, we have here a kind of coalition. We must just look to compare it to what's going on in Ukraine, is that President Putin is not really fighting against Ukraine lonely. Actually, he's fighting in the Ukrainian game yard, but he's finding himself fighting against NATO and United States, including other forces. So the same could happen here. It means that not only the Iranian coalition here in that uh, threat, it is a threat that if we are just asking ourselves how we are coming to bring an end to it, it's not 1973 that with the American hegemony, Kissinger brought it to an end. That was quite uh, okay for the Israeli interests. Today, in such a scenario, who will lead the Kissinger, uh, not Kissinger himself, who will be the metaphorical Kissinger, which will be the Chinese, the Russians? Gershon, Kissinger is still alive. We can ask him to, you know, we can ask for his advice. Yes, but uh, he is not anymore. <laughs> Even the United States are not yeah, in the no, same no. position. So in that scenario, we can find the Israeli war just came to a dead end without an end, like a Iranian-Iranian war for eight years. That's not a story we already can even imagine. Of course, within uh, Israeli understanding, uh, uh, war of attrition is not in the books, but uh, this is something that uh, also needs to be prepared for. And this raises three points, which uh, I take now from what we just heard. Uh, the first one, Israeli resilience. Is Israeli public truly resilient in the way and manner in which it was resilient during the uh, 73 war, the 67 war, and pri uh, prior to that, of course, in the various wars? Uh, the second point is... Uh, what uh, General Golan just also mentioned. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, as uh, General Klausovich uh, mentioned uh, in his uh, book and uh, other theories, uh, to what degree is war only a political tool within the context of uh, the various uh, activities that uh, you know are conducted in, in global strategies and activities? Is there a clear understanding in Jerusalem what it seeks to achieve? And a third point that we need to ask ourselves, to what degree is Israel willing to exact uh, enough uh, pressure on its enemies to come to a decisive uh, victory, or if we may call it a victory at all? So all of these points boil down to uh, the uh, big question of um, is this war avoidable? And General Golan uh, referred to it when he asked about the war aim. Um, what's the, uh, the whole purpose? And is Israel going to be better off once the war is over, if it is over, and uh, once it uh, counts its dead and looks at uh, the uh, damage done to uh, its infrastructure? 
and um, the problem, one of the problems, is that originally, as General Lacohen um, obviously taught at the National Defense College, and General Golan, who also wrote about military affairs, uh, knows full well, originally Israeli defense doctrine was based uh, on the Trinity uh, detection deterrence decision, early warning which will give you enough time to mobilize the reserves, who bore the um, uh, full brunt uh, of in an invasion, either an Arab invasion into Israel or the Israeli counter-invasion. And then uh, you try to deter the other side. If not, you go um, on a decisive campaign. Here, obviously, according to what we just heard, there will be no early warning because we are already operating as if there, this warning has been sounded. There is no deterrence because the Iranians might uh, decide that this is uh, in their interest to employ all of their proxies. And as for decision, what decision can there be if you are not going to occupy Tehran or Beirut? You, um, you don't want to, to re-enter Gaza except for a very limited duration. But the Israeli public may be more resilient than um, uh, is feared. First of all, because the element of surprise is no longer there. In 1991, Iraqi missiles hit it. Later on, um, from Gaza rockets and from Lebanon. And in 2014, Tel Aviv too heard the sirens. And you have Iron Dome and the other um, abilities that the Israeli defense, uh, air defense uh, has. The real question is, can Israel bring the war to a halt very soon, because if not, there will be consequences economically, socially. There will be doubts. Where are we going? Well, do we really need the war? And also, is the national leadership to be trusted, or does it have ulterior motives? Well, General Golan, of course, uh, highlighted this point at the beginning uh, in the offset of uh, his uh, initial answer, and that was, uh, who will initiate this war? Will Israel do so or will its enemies? Okay. And uh, the question I'd like to refer to you, General Golan, because obviously also Gil Shona Cohen mentioned this uh, briefly. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is in those circumstances, we do see if we take, of course, the Russia-Ukraine war as an example, NATO is leading from behind. Of course, uh, it's not a statement that uh, generals like to hear as uh, this uh, is a cowardly act, but uh, ultimately, when we're looking particularly on uh, such a scenario in which uh, Israel will have to confront multiple sectors, including not only Syria, Lebanon, and Iran, including the Palestinian arenas, but also Iraq, particularly Hashtashabi there, and the Houthis in Yemen, which are trying to acquire uh, capabilities that would be able to reach uh, southern Israel. Uh, to what degree do you see uh, the United St States stand by Israel? Uh, in such a scenario? And on the other hand, to what degree do you see the Russians particularly granting the Iranians uh, assistance in the same fashion in which Iran currently grants Russia in the war in Ukraine? I would say the following. First and foremost, uh, I think that Russia is less relevant today because of the war uh, in Ukraine. And I don't see any, you know, strong alliance uh, between uh, Iran and Russia concerning conflict, conflict in the Middle East. Uh, so let's put Russia aside. 
the most important thing for Israel is the alliance with the United States of America. Uh, what could we achieve, you know, fighting or exchanging fire vis-a-vis uh, -vis Iran? Well, almost nothing. It's a kind of a war of attrition. Uh, this is a bad war for Israel. And therefore, we need the Americans with us. So I would say that today, more than ever before, uh, the alliance with the United States of America is extremely important for the security of Israel, for the future of Israel. Uh, and it's not just that. If you look at the outcome of any conflict, any, you know, uh, violent uh, conflict in the region, uh, if we look at the day after, we need the Americans with us. Uh, if we want something, uh, you know, in, in, in internationally, that uh, will be compatible with the Israeli interest, we need the Americans with us. And what I see today from the Israeli uh, political echelons, it's almost irresponsible behavior concerning our relationship with the Americans. And therefore, well, it's just another reason why we need to change our government. Well, of course, uh, the, the current security relations remain ironclad, and that is something that needs to be focused on as well, I think, at least. And uh, from my conversations no, with... No doubt, no doubt. But we need to remember for, you know, for, 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 uh, for the future, uh, there is a very strong connection between the political relationship and the military relationship. You cannot distinguish between the two. They are indeed. highly connected. I agree with that uh, point indeed. Uh, I did have a conversation with uh, an American general here in the region who highlighted that in his perspective, uh, the United States will stand, and that is uh, in his understanding from the current contingencies, will stand by Israel in a multi-sector uh, war and a National Security Council uh, official who is a senior member of this uh, American National Security Council who did mention that as well and also highlighted the fact that in his perspective, at least it's one of the uh, perspectives or schools of thoughts coming out of the National Security Council, that such a war is indeed inevitable. But I'd like to ask uh, General Akuen and challenge uh, one point that uh, General uh, Golan men, uh uh, mentioned, uh, even though you uh, are one of uh, the people who led, uh, actually the person who led uh, the deconfliction mechanism with the Russians uh, in uh, Syria, uh, General Golan, I'd like to ask General Cohen, to what degree do you see the Russians indeed standing aside uh, at a time when we do hear reports of uh, Latakia Air Base being now uh, utilized by Russian aircraft delivering various cargo uh, into Syria, something that was not uh, until recently, uh, uh, even in the wildest imaginations, a, a viable reality. Actually, the Russians are present here in the arena. And even though they are deeply involved in the war in Ukraine, they are still a superpower and they are with the capability of superpower, not like United States that can design positive trends. They can do what they learned from the years uh, of Byzantine, that they can negate positive trends. And they can, can just work with the power of deniability to deny every uh, effort to bring a good end to a war like that. For example, even if they will just close what it was called the deconfliction 
agreement, it is not an agreement, but it was a mechanism that uh, Yair Golan, of course, uh, uh, familiar with it. All the uh, coordination between the Russians and uh, Israel regarding Israeli attacks in Syria, if they are just stopping all this activity, closing the connection, it is a problem, definitely in a war. Beyond that, at the beginning of that discussion, you presented the question whether Israel can have conditions for preemption attack. According to my evaluation of situation, in the circumstances right now, actually Israel has no right, no, no legitimation to go to a preemptive attack. But of course, we need the support of United States. They will not give us a green light for that, not even against Hezbollah, that in a way they could share interest with us to eliminate Hezbollah, but they will not accept it a surprise by Israel, and in these circumstances, it is either or. If Israel decided to open a war against Iran, against Hezbollah, we are in a very bad opening conditions. On the other side, if suddenly the skies are falling upon us and there is a war coming from all uh, arenas together, then we will do whatever we can do with all the legitimation here we are in different conditions. Here, of course, the whole questions regarding the American support is different. Indeed. Let, let me uh, ask uh, the two generals. Uh, um, we uh, have been talking about uh, the uh, old legacy uh, kinetic sort of warfare. Whatever happened to cyber, to uh, the uh, electronic uh, spectrum, to space, all of these new dimensions, General Golan? Well, I think we are a bit overemphasized the new dimensions of war. Uh, look at the Russian experience in Ukraine. Uh, they tried to neutralize uh, Ukraine by cyber attack. Well, it was effective only for a few days, but nothing more than that. Uh, like, let's look at the you know psychological warfare they conduct. They have conducted. Uh, well. Again, it was not so effective as we tend to think about. Um, by the end of the day, a war is a dirty issue, uh, bloody and cruel. And that was from the very beginning of history and probably it's a part of the nature of war. And therefore, I think that uh, we need to rethink about wars in terms of, all right, whether we are willing or not to pay the price for any sort of war, uh, while the cyber, psychological, special operations, uh, electronic warfare, and all you know the other new dimension, dimensions, well, they are relevant, they are important. You need to be ready uh, to be on offensive or def or. Uh, uh, defense concerning these new dimensions. But by the end of the day, it's you fight war, you conduct wars on land, you fight each other in a bloody conflict, and we need to be to be prepared for that, for land operations. Uh, I think mm. that the Russians neglect this uh, aspect of warfare, and therefore the outcome is very poor concerning the Ukraine war.
General uh, Akwen, I'd like to ask you about uh, the S-400 systems, which have not yet been utilized. You just provided uh, quite the grim uh, scenario in which the Russians could uh, basically negate uh, the deconfliction mechanism, uh, which was implemented uh, in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, following uh, General Golan's trip to Moscow uh, to initiate that. Uh, but uh, when we're talking about concretely, this scenario already existed vis-a-vis -vis Egypt, where the Soviets denied Israeli air superiority over Egypt. Uh, could we see such a scenario evolve uh, if, let's say, Israel would become more favorable towards uh, Ukraine in assisting it concretely with weaponry? Yes, for example, the, uh, the neability of uh, air force superiority uh, with a passive threat, even if it is not active, the very fact that they are already there, ready to bring to activity uh, their missiles, anti-aircraft missiles, even if they are just located passively, it is a threat, we must consider it, it will influence the whole mode of operation. And beyond that, I'm going back to emphasize that all aspects of that war must be reconsidered because it is coming to be regional uh, warfare with the influence of China, because China today are uh, really guiding the Iranian economical uh, affairs, and they are getting more and more interest in the region. So they are uh, absolutely involved. So we must really uh, not only reconsider everything, but be, uh, we must be aware about the necessity of conceptualization and new concepts about the whole uh, uh, scenario of that warfare. Indeed. In one sentence, uh, are we heading to such a multi-sector war? Do you see that in the near future, General Golan? I think, uh, like Gershon, that we need to take it into our considerations. And yes, it is a valid scenario. But I think that the most important thing is that we need to avoid such a war uh, because it's so complicated, costly, and problematic to solve by, you know, just uh, using violence. Uh, and I think today, uh, with the new dimensions of warfare, we need to rethink uh, the political echelon and the highest uh, military echelons to rethink together what are the purposes, what are the new scenarios, uh, what are the new tools and how the, we, we need to use them uh, so I think there is much work to do, and in order to do that, uh, no doubt we need a good and visionary military leadership, and at the same time, political stability. Indeed. Well, unfortunately, this is all the time that we have for today, so we'll have to revisit this topic also in the future and provide additional assessment on this matter. I'd like to thank General Golan, General uh, Cohen and Mr. Oren for being part of today's uh, program. I'd like to thank our viewers as well. Until next time, Shalom. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.